Welcome to the Bethesda Church Podcast. We're so glad you've joined us today. If you'd like to contribute financially to this ministry, you can do so at BethesdaChurch.tv slash give and simply select the giving option that works best for you. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. Good morning to you guys once again. I'm glad you're here today as we celebrate Mother's Day, child dedication, seniors, all kinds of stuff going on. Um, And we do have a sweet treat, as PK said, for all the moms on your way out. So when you leave, please don't leave your cookie, because if you leave your cookie, that means they're more for me, and I don't need any cookies. So make sure all the moms get a cookie on your way out. Last week, we finished up a series entitled Fortify, such a powerful series. We thank God for all that he did during the four weeks of that series. Uh, And as we were approaching this Sunday, thinking about mothers, thinking about children being dedicated, thinking about seniors being launched out uh, into adulthood and what God has called them into, I began to think about the word legacy. I began thinking about things being passed down from one generation to the next. So many things, church, are happening in our culture. So many things that are moving further and further and further away from God and his word. And I think if there was ever a time when we needed to consider legacy and what is being transferred from one generation to the next, I don't think there's ever been a more important time to do that than right now. What are we leaving behind? What are we passing down to the next generation? What is the legacy that we will be remembered by? What will they say about our generation? I don't know about you, but I want my life to matter. I want my life to count. I want the generation behind me to be better off because I live for Christ. So many things that are going contrary to what God has established as truth, but we see very clearly in Scripture God referring to himself as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, which, in other words, God is saying, I am the the God from generation to generation. And we all understand what a legacy is. is. A legacy is something handed down from the past something handed down from one generation to the next. And I don't know how your upbringing was, but I can today honor uh, specifically my mom and dad for what they passed down to me. I thought about not only my, my parents, my biological parents, but I thought about some of the spiritual leaders that I've had in my life and what they passed down to me. And I thought about my own legacy. What am I leaving behind for my children? What am I passing down to them? And again, I want my life to count. In John chapter number 12, starting in verse number one, I think the message today, I'm not going to preach very long. I know we got a lot to do. But John chapter 12, um, starting in verse number one, it says, Then, six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, who had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead. And there they made him a supper, and Martha served. But Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard, anointed the feet of Jesus, 
and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would betray him, said, Why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? Then he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the money box and he used to take what was put in it. But Jesus said, let her alone. She has kept this for the day of my burial. For the poor you have with you always, but me you do not have always. Leo Tolstoy said, life is a place of service. That joy can only be found when we look at our life as a service and have a definite object in life that is outside of ourselves if we're going to find true happiness. If you want to be miserable, just make life about yourself. Selfish people are the most miserable people. Your life was built for something more. You were created for more than just living with a me-first mentality. The me-first mentality and spirit is what eventually got Satan kicked out of heaven. When you live life serving yourself, you have a miserable existence. When you live to serve yourself, everything and everyone around you gets on your nerves. And the reason they get on your nerves is because you've made life all about you. Life is a place of service. Galatians chapter number 5, verse 13 says, For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. We are free, and we celebrate today our freedom. That's amazing that Jesus has set us free. But we must leverage our freedom to serve one another through love. And this was the spirit of Mary, the sister of Lazarus and Martha. They lived in Bethany right outside of Jerusalem. And Jesus often would visit their home. And a banquet was being held in his honor in the home of Simon the leper, whom Jesus had healed. I always found it interesting in the text, maybe it don't do anything for you, but it kind of stands out to me. But the Bible tells us that Martha served, Mary worshiped, and Lazarus sat. Guess who died? Make sure that you are either worshiping or serving. Because if you're sitting, you're going to spiritually die. Somebody go ahead and help me out this morning. You ought to be worshiping. You ought to be serving. If not, you're on a road to spiritual death. And Mary, in the text, she performed an extraordinary act of love for Jesus when she anointed him with expensive perfume. The one phrase that sums up her devotion to Jesus over and over again in Scripture is that she is often found at the feet of Jesus. Three different times I think the gospel speaks specifically to Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus. And I love this because I think we can begin to ask ourselves, what, what do we learn from this? What can we glean from Mary? What, what, what about her legacy? What about our legacy? I want to give you three quick things this morning that I think Mary left behind as a legacy that can speak to all of our lives today. 
Number one is Mary found peace in Jesus' presence. Three different times, as I said, she was found at the feet of Jesus, and there she found peace. Let me say it like this. Peace of mind is one of the greatest gifts in this life. Without it, without peace of mind, we cannot enjoy anything. And I want to submit to everyone today that an absence of peace is directly connected to an absence of God's presence in your life. Mary found peace because she was consistently at the feet of Jesus. She valued the presence of Jesus. She prioritized the presence of Jesus. And yes, we are a church and we want to serve well and we want to serve families well and we want you to come and be blessed by the ministry. We, we value your presence, but let me go ahead and say to everybody, you need to know we value God's presence more than we value your presence. We prioritize his presence more than we prioritize your presence because without his presence, none of our presence really matters. And Mary knew how to identify the presence of God. Something happens when God's presence shows up. Something shifts when God's presence shows up. My worry is, is relieved when his presence shows up. My fears are resolved when his presence shows up. If we will prioritize the presence of Jesus the way Mary did, how many know we'll experience the peace of Jesus? Because peace is not the absence of trouble. Peace is the presence of Christ. She prioritized his presence. She was found at his feet. I have met so many people throughout my years of ministry, whether in counseling sessions or whatnot, they will tell me that they are looking for peace in a lot of those sessions. They, they just want peace of mind. I've met wealthy businessmen who told me that all the money they had did not give them the peace they were looking for. On three different occasions, though, we find Mary sitting at his feet. Sitting at the feet of Jesus will produce peace in your life. Listen, if we will value the presence of Jesus over everything else, you will never lack peace. An absence of peace is connected to a loss of presence. That when you're not prioritizing the presence of God, you are now filled with your own thoughts, your own emotions, what you think about everything, and it robs you of peace. I can't tell you how many times I was stressed out, but if I could take the time to steal away from what's stressing me out and kneel down and get into the presence of God, that I leave that time with God feeling much better about all the stuff I got going on because when we prioritize his presence, he will prioritize his peace in our lives. We're living in a day when we need peace of mind. We need the peace of God. And thinking about legacy today, I'm, thinking, I'm thankful that I had a mother. Since we are honoring moms today, I want to honor my mother because she valued the presence of God. She valued the presence of God over everything else in her life. Our home growing up was a place of the presence of God. My mom was so about the presence of God that in one breast she could tell you, scoot down, in the next breast she was speaking in tongues. 
She knew how to prioritize the presence of God. And I think it's important as families, as dads, as moms, that we place an emphasis in our home, not just here in the church, but we place an emphasis in our home on the presence of God, that in our home, his presence is paramount, which means there are certain things we're not going to do in this house, certain things we're not going to watch in this house, certain things we're not going to talk about in this house. Why? Because we value his presence over everything else. And let that be a legacy that we pass on from one generation to the next generation. We may not have all the money in the world, but we've got the presence of God. Somebody give Jesus a hand clap right there. Not only did she find peace there, but if you were to break it down a little bit further, her worry was relieved in his presence. We first meet Mary in the Gospels when she sat at the feet of Jesus and listened intently to him. In Luke chapter 10, it says, Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she approached him and said, Lord, And some of y'all that serve and you in ministry and you called into ministry, you know how Martha feels. She said, Lord, you do not care that my sister has left me to serve alone. Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed and Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. See, peace comes when our mind is fixed on Jesus. Worry is the result of not sitting at the feet of Jesus. Anxiety comes when we have not been at the feet of Jesus. Confusion, doubt, chaos, and fear are all the result of not being at the feet of Jesus. And I know some of you are thinking, well, pastor, it's just not that simple. Well, I would say try me today because if you will get yourself into the manifest presence of God and prioritize his presence, I promise you worry will leave your life. God wouldn't tell us to be anxious for nothing if that wasn't possible. He commanded us to be anxious for nothing. And so many of us, even in the church world, we talk about our worry. And have you noticed how we claim things? My worry, my anxiety, that ain't yours, baby. He said, cast your cares upon me because I care for you. Don't claim something God has not spoken over you. Get into the presence of God and let God's word wash over you. Let the washing of the word, come on somebody, let the word of God begin to renew your mind. Prioritize his presence. Not only was her worry relieved, but In his presence, we find peace, but it will also resolve our grief. Mary had found peace at Jesus' feet when her brother Lazarus died. When Jesus arrived, Mary fell at his feet. And it's only in God that we can find real comfort to get us through the tough times. The truth is every person in here faces tough times, hard times, difficult times. No one is exempt 
Jesus taught that it rains on the just and the unjust. We know that good things a lot of times happen or bad things happen to good people. The scripture tells us that many are the afflictions of the righteous. But a lot of times we stop there. If you'll read the rest of the verse, it says, but God delivers them out of them all. And so it doesn't mean that we live a trouble-free life. It just means that if we will prioritize his presence, it means that tough times won't bring out the worst in us, but tough times will bring out the best in us. That's what Mary found at his presence. It relieved her worry and resolved her grief, and it relinquished her fears. Mary found peace in his presence. In his presence, her worry and grief and fears were taken care of. The second thing that Mary teaches us and part of her legacy is Mary believed no cost was too great for love. No cost was too great for love. Mary's gift that day, when she broke open that box and she began to anoint Jesus, that gift was costly. The primary fragrant component was spikenard, reasonably rare and expensive. Its reputation, ancient. It, it, it is an ingredient uh, in part of the Egyptian temple incense. Spikenard was also a component of the sacred incense offered in the Jew, Jewish temple in Jerusalem. It is mentioned three times in the Song of Solomon. The ancient Greeks had a beloved perfume fragrance based on spikenard. And based on history, it can be appreciated that spikenard was truly a fragrance fit for a king. It's expensive because of where it grows and the difficulty of obtaining it. It grows at high altitudes. And people went to, through a lot of trouble to go get this expensive perfume. Spikenard was packaged in carved alabaster boxes, carefully brought down by caravan and exported all over the ancient world. It is believed to have medicinal uses and sedative properties and anciently believed to bear mystical and watch this, romantic powers. Maybe some of us fellas need to get some spikenard. Today, spikenard is available as an essential oil. It is steam distilled from dry, dried, crushed rhizomes and roots, resulting in a pale golden liquid. And I know some of y'all thinking, I needed to know all that. Spikenard has a profound complex aroma. It's a combination of sweet and spicy. And it's expensive and rare, so much so that Judas objected to Mary's extravagant worship. Her passionate display of love to break open this box and to release this costly oil on Jesus, Judas had the gall to say, we could have sold it for 300 denarii and we could have given the money to the poor and we know that his statement was hypocritical because Judas was a thief and had been stealing the money anyway. What bothered Judas was a religious spirit that says it don't take all of that. It don't take, it shouldn't cost that much to worship Jesus. It, it don't take that much passion. And, and uh, there, how many know there's always one in every crowd? 
Always one in every crowd. They object to everything that is proactive, but they don't do anything themselves. If he was so concerned for the poor, why didn't Judas give his own money? If he was so concerned about those that were less fortunate, why didn't he go out and meet the needs? And some people I have learned, they will complain about programs in churches and organizations, but they won't even get involved themselves. Mary's worship, though, cost her something. And may I submit to us today that your worship should cost you something. There are times when our worship should be the sacrifice of praise. David said, I will not offer to God anything that doesn't cost me something. Mary's gift was expensive. Her gift honored Jesus' sacrifice. The costliness of Mary's gift could not compare to the cost of Jesus' life about to be given for the salvation of the world. And whatever you and I give to the ministry and whatever we give to the gospel going around the world and whatever, whatever we do, whatever energy, whatever passion, whatever checks we write, whatever it is that we invest into the kingdom of God, it pales in, 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 in insignificance in comparison to the sacrifice that Jesus has made. There is no love without sacrifice. Mary's gift became a legacy. What Mary did that day in anointing Jesus honored him and has been spoken of for the last 2,000 years. That's the kind of investment that we should be making in support of the gospel, that we are willing to give anything to make sure that the gospel is advancing. And one of the current concerns that I have with the Big C Church is that there are so many people who want to pray a little prayer, make zero changes in their life, continue living in sin. They want to make it to heaven, but they don't want to lay them life, their life down. The, the gospel is very clear. It cost Jesus everything, and in order to follow him, he said, you better count the cost, that it should cost you something. If your relationship with God has not cost you anything, you're probably not following Jesus. Oh, it's quiet in this Presbyterian church right now. Because that's where a lot of people live. We want to say, now I lay me down to sleep prayer and make it into heaven. But it's time in this nation... Specifically, I can't speak for other nations, but it's time for us in this nation that to either get all the way out or to get all the way in. Some of y'all hugging both sides and you miserable all the while. Either get in and get with it and count the cost and follow Jesus or get out. I, happy Mother's Day. That's where we're at. There is a line being drawn in the sand in this hour, and we got to either be all the way in or let's not do it at all. Come on, somebody. If you believe I'm preaching the truth right now, we need to go ahead and put an amen on it. Come on, put a clap on it. Put a shout on it. 
One of the things that I'm finding is that people that want to live lukewarm, and I, this is not in my notes, so you're just going to have to deal with it. People that want to live lukewarm are getting uncomfortable here at Bethesda Church. I am sensing it. I'm watching it. But at the same time, I am seeing people get fired up and passionate for the very first time because they're discovering what true freedom looks like, what following Jesus looks like. And I do need to celebrate that we got this conference packed out this week on a Thursday, on a Friday. That's a, that's a big deal. That means there are some people excited about Jesus. Mary's gift costs her something. She teaches us that no cost is too great for love. Whatever you've given up for Christ pales in comparison to what he's given up for you. On the days when you think, I don't know that I can give anymore, do anymore, take anymore, you need to re realize and recognize they nailed him to a cross. What you're dealing with is not on that level. He gave it all. The least we can do is follow him to the best of our ability. The last thing I want to leave you with today is Mary's gift gained the praise of Jesus. John, writing about this, he said the fragrance that she poured out that day, that fragrance filled the whole house. In other words, everyone was blessed by the fragrance of Mary's offering. True worship fills the world with a fragrance. True worship will fill your personal life, and your home. True worship will fill this house with a fragrance of his joy and a fragrance of his peace. This single act earned her praise from Jesus. Her whole life was lived in such a way to honor him. He was the center of her joy and devotion. And like Mary, we need to seek the praise and the favor of God over the praise and the favor of man. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 6. We were not looking for praise from people, not from you or anyone else. Even though as apostles of Christ, we could have asserted our authority. I love this verse because the world cannot bestow the crown of success. That will come when we hear Jesus say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. That's what success looks like. And on a final thought, the praise of men lasts only for a short time. The praise Christ gives lasts forever. Mary has been honored since the very day she anointed Jesus and the way to lasting honor is to honor Christ with our lives. As the worship team comes back, I want to say this in closing. The crowns we get in this life are short-lived. And at the end of the day, when we all get to the other side, we're going to take those crowns and we're going to cast them at his feet anyway. Amen? How many know what I'm talking about? We're going to place them at the feet of the one who made it possible. The same people who crown you today may crucify you tomorrow. 
So don't live for the praise of people. Let's live for the praise of Jesus. Let's not make it about people. Let's make it about Jesus. Come on, somebody. If you believe that today, let's give Jesus a hand clap as you stand to your feet. Come on, you can do better than that. Let's give him a praise today. Let's leave a lasting legacy. May I ask you today in this closing moment, what is it you will be remembered for? What is it that they will say about you in your life? Well, they say they, they live for material things. They lived for vacation. They lived for what they could get or you know what? They lived for Jesus. They found peace in the presence of Jesus. There was no cost too great for them because they loved Jesus. They followed him. They honored Jesus. And in a culture that has turned upside down and crazy and we got people that don't even know what gender they are, we better prioritize the presence of God. We better stand on the word of God and we better be all in or all out because this lukewarm thing does not work. I want you to bow your heads for just a moment. I want to speak to everyone in the room, specifically to those that may not be in relationship with Jesus Christ. I want to give you an opportunity right now to make Jesus the Lord of your life, to repent of your sins, to say, you know what, I'm counting the costs and I'm ready to follow you, Jesus. I'm not going to embarrass anyone, but if that is you and you're in this room today and you know you're not right with God, but you want to be, this is your moment. If that's you, I'm not right with God, but I want to be. I want to change today. I want to follow Jesus. If that's you, would you just throw your hand up right there where you are and say, Pastor, you're talking to me. Anyone at all? Say, that is me. Anyone at all? Don't want to move past it. I want to give you an opportunity to make things right today. Anyone at all? going to ask that the prayer team and staff if you would come forward go ahead and get in position we're getting ready to open up these altars for a time of worship and a time of prayer whatever it is you need prayer for we're here to pray with you and for you today we believe that God still works miracles God still does amazing things he wants to meet you where you are how many are glad that you came to church on Mother's Day I sense his presence in this place. These altars are open. We want you to come receive prayer. Most of all, let's worship Jesus. And listen, as you leave today, I want you to think about, I hope this. I hope you hear my voice at lunch. I hate to interrupt your Mother's Day, but I hope you hear my voice saying, what is your life about? What is your legacy? What are you leaving behind for your children, for your grandchildren? What is it that your life is saying. Let's worship Jesus together.
Thanks for listening to this week's message from Bethesda Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our website, BethesdaChurch.tv. Thank you for joining us and have a great day.